All right. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the Spartan Spotlight Podcast. I'm Justin Thind here from RivalsOfSpartanMag.com. I'm joined with my co-host, Corey Robinson, uh, also from Rivals. And today we have a special guest with us today, and that's Godwin Heights senior defensive and offensive lineman, Raquan Buckley. Hey, thanks for joining us, Raquan. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. All right, so I'll start with the first question, Raquan. So with all of the doubt of your guys' season, was it going to be pushed back to spring, all of that? How did you feel once you got the word that you got to play and now that you got two games in there? How's your season going so far for you and as a team? I felt good when I heard that my season was back. I was very excited. I couldn't wait to hit. And the first two games I got out there, I, I dominated now it's just like we to get we together as a team. I feel like we could go far. We go in the playoffs, maybe win a championship. Okay, definitely sounds good. Yeah, glad you guys finally get to play after all that indecision for a while there. So I guess now that as if you're still deciding on October 14th here, that's a few weeks away. So how are you feeling about your recruitment these days at this point? And like, what's it been like in the last few weeks getting closer to a decision? What's that been like for you? I still don't worry too much about it. I still just focus on school, focus on football. But when it comes close, my coach, he would, he would usually just tell me, it's close to what you want to do, all that type of stuff. All right. Yeah. So I know for the 2021 class, you guys have had to kind of go through more than anybody else with uh, not being able to take visits. But uh, what are some of the what's maybe your favorite thing that sticks out in your recruitment or in the process or just something that sticks out to you about the couple of years you've been going through the recruiting process with all these teams? Um, the thing that sticks out to me is getting to know the players and the coaches. Yeah, definitely. That that sounds like one of the more fun things that you guys get to do with that. So I guess specific to MSU, since we are an MSU podcast, what's your favorite part about the staff here or the school in general? My favorite part about the staff, first, the staff, they got a lot of energy and I love Coach Cap. So if I were to go to that, if I were to go to Michigan State, I'm playing O-line. And also the school in general, I just like the color green. I'm actually wearing green right now. The, also, the school, it has a lot of upside to it. Like, a lot of alumni, great alumni come from the school, like Magic Johnson and the rest. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I heard you're thinking about majoring in computer science or engineering. So, what's kind of the backstory there? And obviously, I'm kind of interested about that since I major in engineering. But, so, yeah, can you kind of take us through, like, where that interest comes from and, and why you're thinking about that in college? I want to do computer engineering because first, when I was little, I loved building Legos. And so I just kept doing Legos, building Legos when I was little. When I got older, got in high school, I did computer coding and I thought it was fun and I succeeded in that class with like an A or a B plus. And so then what got in mind is like, I want to do computer coding. I mean, I want to do computer science or computer engineering. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, that's a, a good one. I'm actually trying to talk my son into doing some form of engineering as well. But uh, for you, 
what's something that you enjoy to do outside of the football field? Like if you're just hanging out with friends or at home or whatever, what, what's your kind of chill thing to do? My chill thing will probably be like getting online with the boys, playing the game. I got a PS4, so um, a lot of people play Fortnite, Warzone, and 2K21. That's not me. I play Apex with the boys, so yeah, we be in a PS4 party playing Apex. <laughs> got you. So I guess another thing kind of along those lines in terms of like taste and preferences so what are you listening to before a game? Like, who are your top five artists? Um, like, yeah, so who are your favorite rappers? Uh, who I listen to before a game? I listen to Polo G, NBA Young Boy. Um, who else? That's top two. Who else? Lil Durk. Um, then I'll probably listen to New York rappers like Pop Smoke. And then another rapper would be G Herbo. All right, definitely. Yeah, that's a good list. I know I've been listening to a lot of Durkio and Polo G here recently. I'd probably say uh, his album, The Goat, was probably one of the better ones this year. But um, yeah, that's all That's all the questions I had. Corey, you got anything else you want to add um, here for Raquan? Uh, no, I just wanted to thank him for coming on with us. We wanted to go big with it and can't go much bigger than uh, Buckley. So uh, thanks for joining us and I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Yep. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with the rest of your decision and good luck uh, to you wherever you may end up. All right. Thank you so much. All right, so thanks for listening to uh, that interview we had with Raquan. So just our thoughts a little bit on some of the things he said. One thing uh, that he said was kind of new to us and I'm sure to the fans. Corey, you want to touch on kind of something new that we learned there from Raquan? Yeah, when he came out and said that if he does choose Michigan State, it would be offensive line, which that's a bit of a surprise because before he was open to both, but kind of leaning defensive line. But uh, you give credit to Michigan State's offensive line coach, Chris Kapilovich. Uh, he's built such a strong relationship with uh, Buckley that if he was to choose Michigan State, uh, he would come as an offensive lineman. Me personally, I always liked Buckley as an offensive lineman because he's a natural uh, bender and he slides his feet well. Uh, and that's the spot I personally always thought his body type and playing style fit best. So if he does come to Michigan State, it sounds like he would be playing offensive line. And that's maybe his stronger position anyways. Yeah, definitely. That that was very interesting to hear because I know that for a while there, everyone was under the impression that he kind of was favoring defensive line. And I know Michigan State was kind of pushing him towards defensive line, even though they said that they'd figure it out once they once he actually got there. But yeah, it's interesting to to see maybe if he had a change of heart or if or if all the schools recruiting him are kind of now pushing him towards offensive line. I guess I'll hear more about that here in the coming weeks. Um, speaking of in the coming weeks, he's deciding on October 14th, like I mentioned, but also earlier that week, on October 10th, Antonio Gates, the 2022 uh, four-star in-state receiver, is deciding from Dearborn Fortson. And uh, I'm sure as the listeners know, Corey and my future cast sits with uh, Michigan State for Antonio Gates Jr. still. 
his dad played at Michigan State under Nick Saban for a while um, before transferring elsewhere, focusing more on basketball. Um, not sure how much of a role that had on his recruitment. I think he just really hit it off with Courtney Hawkins, Sean Levy, and Coach Tucker. But yeah, that's another another kid we're watching here in the next few weeks in the first half of October. Corey, you want to talk a little bit about how he's been playing so far this season and maybe some of the successes he's had at camps and the videos we've seen? Yeah, he's a, a kid that really stands out. Um, I think probably... In my opinion, he's probably a top 10 in the state type of talent, at least. Uh, he looks a lot bigger than his listed for height and weight. He's kind of a bigger-bodied guy at the wide receiver position. Um, as far as the season goes, it's kind of hard for wide receivers, especially if they can target on him. His offensive line has struggled, uh, where they had a tough game against uh, Belleville uh, last Friday. So that part is harder to measure wide receivers sometimes because it comes down to offensive line play a defense keying you and then your quarterback getting you the ball uh but in the camp setting we saw where he was matched up with the will johnson the five-star number one ranked player in the state by rivals uh and those two went back and forth at it and uh in the videos that came out, you saw Gates actually get the better of uh, Johnson twice in their matchups. And then the third one, he had him beat, but then he slipped on the turf. So for that setting to see him go up against a high caliber player like Will Johnson was encouraging. And then as far as uh, the decision being October 10th, uh, like Justin mentioned, I uh, expect that he'll be a Spartan outside of anything wild happening which is always possible with recruiting but to get a guy that's that talented and uh has the namesake that a lot of people recognize and is friends with a lot of the other top in-state targets Michigan State's at would be uh huge to get the 2022 class rolling for Mel Tucker and the staff yeah definitely uh that's a good point because I know he is um in close contact with a lot of the a lot of the other guys in in, in state twenty twenty two but then even out of state um like you mentioned the name recognition it might not have a a huge effect of people saying, "Hey, I want to go play with Antonio Gates jr or anything that outwardly um kind of direct, but that does kind of catch your eye and kids when they're looking at these recruiting classes online might have their interest peaked a little bit about maybe seeing what Michigan State has to offer, being more open to it, seeing how some of these high-profile kids are now starting to, in 2022, really consider the school now that Coach Tucker is not in as much of a hole as coming here um, 12 months before the late signing period like he did in 2020 for the 2021 class. But yeah, like you mentioned, the in-state targets that we have at wide receiver, there's definitely some good ones there. If we land Antonio Gates, then we can also focus a little more heavily on on uh, Tyrell Henry uh, from Roseville. And then Tayshawn Trent, who we have listed as a four-star over at Rivals. Those are some, those are some solid in-state receivers. Definitely the receiver class in-state is much more impressive this year than in 2022 than it was this year. And uh, even like out-of-state, guys like Kevin Thomas out of uh, Philly at Newman Gretti. Uh, gives us a lot of options that we're currently sitting very high with. Um, I think for all of those guys, we are probably top two, um, maybe in Thomas's case, top three. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see once these visits open up, who will make the next move 
after Gates, assuming that goes to plan. Don't know how many guys will take. Two at least, I'm thinking, if we don't take one this year. Um, maybe three, but there's definitely going to be a rush to join the class there at receiver if Gates chooses us like we're thinking. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, but speaking, uh, I guess, on other areas of the board for 2021, now that we found out that Buckley, if he does choose Michigan State, which I know Nebraska's probably the biggest threat there, if he does choose us, he's not going to be playing defensive line anymore. So are there any defensive linemen in 2021 that we're kind of looking at still? Um, what's What are we kind of looking at for that position? Yeah, for 2021 on the defensive line, the, the number one target and the major target that Michigan State coaches are on right now is Oak Park uh, defensive lineman Rayshon Benny. Obviously, everybody knows him that follows recruiting, high-profile guy has offers from uh, just about everywhere. I'd say Michigan, uh, Kentucky, Michigan State, that could be a a good chance that's somewhere in his top group. We've heard rumors that staying home is kind of a big thing or close to home because he's real close with his mom uh, and having the ability to have family get to his games and be there for him just in life on college is a big draw to him. So uh, to me, I think that that cuts the list down maybe even shorter down to uh, the two in-state schools, Michigan State and Michigan. Um, Michigan, I think, sits well right now. I don't believe they have the lead that many people see with him. I think he is actually way more open. And then also the Michigan State coaches have, as a as an entire group, coaching staff, recruiting coordinators, uh, strength coach teams like everything even the graphics people like they've all played a major role in trying to let uh, Benny know that this is that they really want him and they want him to kind of be the face of the class uh, and if you could get a guy like that to be the face of your first class coming from behind where he wasn't even considering Michigan State prior to the staff change and going through everything with uh the no visits which he was able to get up on campus for the ohio state basketball game before the shutdown yeah but to not be able to continually have him on campus uh and to do it through zooms and texts and all of that stuff uh is pretty big for the the new coaching staff to get in this position where they're gaining steam as he gets closer to a decision but he still has a lot of time at the same time to make that decision. So December, January, maybe even February on the late signing day with everything going on with no visits through January 1st is definitely possible with him. And that's what Michigan State would want. They want to keep being able to build that relationship and have an opportunity to get him on campus again, which uh, he has stated publicly that that's something that he's really interested in is if they open up visits after January 1st and he's not signed in the early period, which I suspect he will not be, uh, then that means you're going to get that uh, official visit type of thing from him. And that could be huge for Michigan state because as we've all heard and the people that follow it, that's where Mel Tucker and his staff is 
probably really going to butter their bread with the recruiting is once they get these kids in person and they show how detailed and focused and how high energy the program is and just the vibes of it all. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge selling point if they're able to get that visit in. Yeah, definitely. And I know he was quoted recently saying that he can't wait to watch Michigan State play. Um, I think uh, Josh Helmholt did that article for us over um, at Rivals. He, yeah, so basically Benny said that he just can't wait to see what they do in the trenches and the offensive defensive line. He's really looking forward to actually getting to see the team play. So that's something that that he's going to be taking into consideration um, in his decision. And like you said, he does want to visit in person. He wants to meet the coaches again. But he also noted how these unofficial visits where you just walk around the campus and don't get to meet anyone, that they don't really do a lot for him. So I'm assuming we can expect that he's probably not going to visit unless they open things up. So that would be crucial if they go ahead and open that up after January. But even worst case scenario, say that he does not end up coming here. I think it is important to note, like you were saying, the fact that we came all the way out of nowhere to now at the lowest being second place. Because I know some people, they're of the mentality that, oh, if you don't land a kid, it's the same as not even being close just because there's no participation trophies for being in second and that whole thing. But that's really not the case if you really want to understand how coaching staff is recruiting. If you really want to take a temperature of the staff, the best way to do it is to see how if we were not even in the picture with Benny earlier before the staff got here to now making the decision really hard on him in um, here in the final months, that's a great indicator that this staff can make huge moves um, even when they're out of it. And then just imagine what they'll be doing when they're not starting with a huge hole. Because I know, I don't remember which outlet it was, but somebody got a quote from Benny earlier where they asked him, I believe it was Benny, it might've been Budden or Reed too, but I know it was one of these uh, three main in-state guys but they were asked, so what's different now with the new staff compared to the old one? And the response was something to the effect of every single thing is different. It's a completely different environment, completely different excitement. Um, even if that quote is not um, Benny's, which I'm pretty sure it is. I know he has also said exactly um, the same sentiment, but probably with a different wording. I know he's gone on a couple of podcasts and said something to, the, to that effect. And that's a huge deal to finish in the top two for a kid that had that to say about the staff that was recruiting him when the 2021 cycle started. Because as, as you know, and as some people may know, recruiting for a given class starts in September, um, 13, 14 months before their signing day. And that is a huge time frame of which the old staff was recruiting for about four or five months of. So that's how much of a late start Mel Tucker had. Only got one visit with um, Rayshon Benny during that Ohio State title game weekend. And to finish in the top two is not something to dismiss, um, as you were saying. So, yeah, overall, great job by the staff there. But, yeah, I I know a lot of people are thinking it was a Michigan lock. Um, I know I was even kind of thinking that. um, First, Penn State kind of had an early lead, I think, in like April. And then Michigan came on really strong. And then a lot of people were kind of just thinking that that's the way that recruitment was going. 
but they've really made it tough here, here at the end. And I know the personal relationships and the energy from, from our side is what's really making it tough because he, he understands that we really want him. And I think you've told me in the past that he's hearing a lot directly from Coach Tucker and stuff, and I'm sure that's making a huge impact with him. But yeah, so there's a little bit of what's happening here in the, with the other targets. Corey, you have anything else to add about our recruiting board here? Um, no, I think that's probably good for this one. And then uh, as we move on, we'll uh, keep dropping nuggets for you guys uh, at the end of them, depending on the length of the interview. Some kids uh, or guests will uh, give longer answers, so the thing will go longer. Others, a little quicker, and we'll add stuff to it just to make uh, the experience a little bit more thorough. So uh, just thanks for listening to us today, and we appreciate it. If you uh, let all your friends know to check us out. Yeah, definitely. And then um, I'll have the Corey and my social media info uh, in the description of the podcast. You can go follow us there. And yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. Right now we're looking at it either being a big time uh, recruiting target uh, with tons of offers or maybe a coach or two, depending on who's available first. So definitely here, uh, stay tuned to our journey here and we will have great new content here in the next week or so. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.